What's good, everyone? Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the Love Tariva podcast. I am Tariva Crum, and this podcast is produced in conjunction with my blog, lovetariva.com. And this is a space where we celebrate the beauty and the mess of healing. Yo, <laughs> I feel so official <laughs> saying this, like, I have it memorized and I say it every time and like that just makes this really legit like I am a legit podcaster um well this is episode three um I'm obviously in a really good mood despite this heavy dark shit that I talk about <laughs> um no it's been a really great week for me um despite almost dying from driving home i was like in in macon georgia out in the middle of fucking nowhere my windshield wiper stopped working it was raining it was dark i have driving anxiety um for those of you who don't know which is probably most of you um i i have pretty severe driving anxiety and um it was a tough time but let me tell you let me sing the praises of fucking lexapro okay i was talking to my therapist just yesterday and i was like any other time i know that if this were like six months ago a year ago i would have been falling i would have been like like it would have been the end of the world. Like I probably would have jumped out of the car <laughs> on the highway, just like, take me now, Lord, um, because I'm not going to make it. But I was so calm, cool and collected. I pulled over. I, I hung out with the truckers, got myself some McDonald's, watched YouTube on my phone, waited for the, the rain to stop. Like it was a good, a good little time. It was a vibe. Um, and I'm just so proud of um, my mental stability. <laughs> Because I, I feel like I see growth in those, you know, just small ways that I think other people who don't struggle with um, anxiety or depression or um, other types of mental health challenges, like you take that, that kind of calmer peace for granted. And I just feel, I felt so blessed and I didn't even realize um, that change in my disposition until I made it home. And then I was like, oh my God, like that is growth. I did not kill myself by being stressed out by the stress of like the danger that I was in. And I had the ability to navigate through that difficult situation with clarity and with calm. And um, y'all, therapy and all the medicines they work and and I'm not if you know me you know I'm a pretty I'm a, I'm a pretty big hippie um I don't I don't even take Tylenol really um but um I'll talk more about my journey with deciding to um you know take medicine for my mental health but don't be ashamed if you need that shit because it works um, but anywho, it was a great week. I have some really cool wins I want to share. Um, someone told me recently, they were like, you always gas me up, but whenever you have something going on, you get really uncomfortable with me gassing you up. And it's so true. Um, every person who gets 
pretty close to me knows that I just have a very strong discomfort with, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know, if someone gives me a compliment, for instance, there's this really annoying smile, goofy face that I make. My friends know it very well. And um, it's just the discomfort of, of being seen in a way that I actually really want to be seen in. So I'm trying to change that. Anywho's, here are my little wins because what I'm doing now is making a circle so that I don't actually talk about the things. Um, <laughs> oh dear God. Um, so some wins. Um, I finally booked a theater performance here, booked a theater gig. I'm super excited. You know, it only took me three years almost of being in this city. Um, now, I wasn't actively auditioning all of that time, but uh, it feels really great to be able to be a part of the theater scene. I'll put more information up about that. I haven't said anything about it on social media or anything. Um, but <laughs> I'm not very active in the social media sphere of things, which really sucks for this podcast. <laughs> but I will get it together eventually because I really do believe in the work that I'm doing here. Um, but yeah, so that's a really cool win. Another cool win is I, I found out this was a while ago and I've just never said anything about it. Found out that I'm going to be um, featured in an online publication of a magazine and uh, this podcast will be featured. So I'm super excited about that as well. Um, what else? Everyone like in my life, my, my close circle of friends has been having really great wins this past week. My son is turning 10 and um, he also, uh, he was in a soccer tournament. He is quite the athlete and uh, his team, they are the undefeated champs. They, they won all of their games. It was so exciting. I'm a complete soccer mom with like cooler and like chairs and everything like that. Never thought I would be that, but I am because my son is so passionate about the sport. So um, that's what I was doing all weekend long. Um, but it's been such an interesting week because I have had such, um, I guess, what's the word? I've had such like unexpected conversations with people and old friends, um, strangers. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know if, if I'm the only one that's noticing this. I know that there was an article recently um, in relation to this, but am I the only one noticing that millennial women are dropping men like fucking dry ass pizzas? Like it is so crazy to me. And I feel like, I don't know if it's like a shift in, <laughs> you know, the universe, if, if, if women within this age range are just kind of like having a deeper sense of introspection and a deeper sense of self-worth and any of that. I don't know if that's what it is, or maybe this just happens when, when women get to this age range. I don't know. Like maybe this happens, um, during every kind of era or see I'm a Virgo, Virgo rising, Virgo rising, Gemini sun, Virgo rising, Aquarius moon. Um, but, or, you know, my Virgo mind thinks, think deeper, analyze the situation. And my next logical conclusion is were millennial men raised by fucking wolves? Like, <laughs> like, why is it that 
that like without a doubt without a doubt i know i asked the question have you recognized it too but without a doubt i feel like it is becoming an, a, a fucking like widespread issue of women just recognizing that they are not getting enough from these relationships now okay let me just be clear i know some really great men some really great millennial men um you know wonderful beings but they are not the majority and um i don't know what do you guys think like is there a shift or were they raised by fucking wolves i don't know but anywho, this is the perfect segue <laughs> to this vlog um and yeah i i wrote this a little bit ago um so i've had to change the months this will make sense when you hear it um but yeah you know i don't i don't like to make this super long because when i am nervous i talk a lot of shit a lot of shit and i'm reckless with the shit that i talk which is also why i don't consume any alcohol before i um before i create these podcasts because i'm super lightweight one and two, this is kind of a disclaimer that I will probably have to make repeatedly um, as I go in more depth about the things that I want to talk about. And I know some of you are like, what the fuck? How can you go in more depth? But um, there are some things that I am just not at liberty to discuss as fully as I would like to. And so um, alcohol would make that very difficult to do. Um, anywho, I've talked enough. So without further ado, red flags. No one believed that I could do it. I saw the fake ass smiles, feigning belief and heard the insincerity that was certainly paired with rolling eyes and smirks through the phone. No one believed that I would really devote an entire year to no dating and celibacy. I'm nine months in, bitches, with no setbacks. <laughs> this has been a beautiful time for me. A challenging time, as seen in my previous posts, but a really beautiful, fruitful time of growth and expansion. I've had time to reflect and accept this safe space in my life that I've created to heal. I don't know if y'all just heard that crack, but it was my arm. <laughs> One of the more difficult parts of this past nine months is all of the shame that has come up. Heavy heaps of shame seem to push down on my shoulders as I learn more about my worth and value. I suppose that's one of the many complexities of healing. As one issue is resolving, the others like vicious vines use thoughts and pain as snares to try to intertwine the traumas so that they stay tangled and compacted. That's what has been comfortable for so long, after all. Shame has come and, like an unexpected guest, <laughs> eats all of my shit and without any awareness stays way past the party's end. When I hear myself, when I feel myself, my gut, my instincts, my first mind, I'm ashamed at how easy it was to silence that truth, that gift, I silenced myself for many years. 
So much of my life was spent learning how to shut down, to learn how to build a strong case against myself, a strong case to believe that I cannot be trusted with myself. So I spent my life trusting that other people's perceptions of reality was true, that my feelings were invalid, that it was unsafe to trust my feelings over someone else's words. And well, <laughs> we see where that's left me on this convoluted journey of healing that is expensive as fuck, <laughs> but is worth it nonetheless. I've thought about all of the red flags that I ignored and the warning signs that I now know to look for in romantic or platonic relationships, and I've decided to share them in no specific order. I think it's incredibly beneficial for us to regularly synthesize our spiritual and emotional findings, lest we become forgetful and obtuse in seeing the lessons that we have in our learning. Many of the lessons that I've learned center around enforcing my boundaries and trusting my own experience as my guide rather than someone else's perception. For instance, when someone tells you that they'll never do something again, rather it is as simple as using a word that is offensive to you or as serious as assaulting you. I've learned to hold them to it. When someone breaks that promise, they're breaking my trust and that offense will most certainly happen again and again if it is allowed after that initial promise of change. I've learned that an apology without change is simply manipulation. I spent so much time being manipulated by people I trusted and loved and gave all of myself to and believed that they would eventually care more about my feelings and safety than their own comfort. The truth is that unless you are in partnership with someone who has the capacity to not only understand empathy, but also to think and act empathetically, your boundaries will never be respected and you will never be seen. Now, when I see the first sign of someone being unwilling with their actions to change a behavior that is harmful to me, I know that person is not a safe space for me and will without a doubt cause harm. A telltale sign for me that someone is comfortable with causing me harm is when they use their intentions as a justification for continued wrong or harmful behavior. For instance, I know you said no, and I intended to stop, but then I thought you wanted it. I wanted to make you happy. Intentions must be separated from impact. If someone is unable to utilize the skill to see the impact of their actions and how little their intention changes the harm caused, that person is not allowed in my life. Many times, people who cause significant harm do not recognize and or care that they are causing harm because there are no real consequences to their behaviors. This is particularly true in long-term committed relationships. A lesson that I've learned in validating my own feelings and experiences and worth is the understanding that someone can be known as being an empathetic and caring individual 
and can simultaneously be incredibly uncaring and negligent to you. I'm going to say that again. Someone can be known as being an empathetic and caring individual and can simultaneously be incredibly uncaring and negligent to you. Your experience is valid and real regardless of how unbelievable it seems to outsiders or those with different relationships to the same person. And when people are uncaring to you, it is not a reflection on you, your worth, your deservingness of kindness, compassion, and being seen. It is simply a reflection on their inability to love. They may even want to love you, to be kind to you, to respect you and see you. I don't know. But it's like trying to eat an apple without hands, child. It's just hard. What I've learned to do is simply accept that person as they are and to know that they are not compatible with my needs or my worth. Walking away from someone who has that type of duality makes us lock on to the potential. We believe that seeing the potential is enough, that the potential will blossom into action. <laughs> Friends, I have done the research through a very thorough experiment. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you that this type of relationship is not worth your time, sanity, or money because you will definitely need therapy at its end. The greatest of these is love. I grew up religious, so I've heard that and believed it deep in the innermost parts of my being for as long as I can remember. And I've got to say, after years of experience, as we commonly interpret that thought, I believe it's incomplete. In my opinion, love can only do so much. Circling back to intentions, that realm of feelings of inner working thoughts and emotions it is not enough for this black woman anymore i refuse to be manipulated by the concept of words and feelings without an outward display of proof it wasn't until last year <laughs> while re-watching a black classic boomerang if you know you know that the words of the famous scene between holly berry and eddie murphy really resonated with my millennial heart Love should have brought your ass home last night. Facts. Love is action. It is planned actions that conclude in compassionate and considerate actions that acknowledge the whole of a person. The first time my dating partner said he loved me, it was a red flag. He didn't know the whole of me. He was feeling things that I knew for a fact would without a doubt fade. He would soon become less fascinated by my playful goofiness. If we ended up in long-term partnership, we would be Googling new sex toys and positions. The novelty would wear off and what would be left would be simply me. Without the endorphins of new attachments and lovemaking and discovering each other's quirks, I knew he didn't know the whole of me, enough of me to decide how to move forward in action. And part of that was because I intentionally reserved so much of me for myself. And my thinking that his profession of love was and is in no way a self-deprecating conclu conclusion. I'm just aware that it takes more than infatuation to love me well. 
one of the things that helps is curiosity. When I have conversations with potential partners now, I don't give everything freely. I am, as we can see in this blog and podcast, a person without secrets. I don't have any issue revealing the awful parts of me, like the fact that I will go fucking psycho and have definitely made legitimate threats and promises when I feel like my babies are being disrespected or uncared for. And I love giving the beautiful parts of me freely. But I'm learning that I'm worth the work. I have experience with being in partnership where there was zero curiosity about me as a person. This person never asked about my fears or dreams or goals, never asked how I was feeling or honestly wanted to spend time with me. (laughs) I licked the wounds of my hurt by reminding myself that this person told me they loved me and had a full plate of their own career to think about. But what that did, that lack of curiosity, it taught me that I didn't matter. It showed me that there was not much to me, that I was not even worth a conversation or a date night. There was nothing interesting about me. This is so sad. (laughs) I'm laughing, but this is so sad. Okay, back to the the blog post. (laughs) And honestly, I know that that is just not true now. I'm aware that there are different conversational styles, but because of my past experiences, I need someone who can take the lead in a conversation because I (laughs) certainly can. I need someone who is genuinely interested in me and has the conversational maturity to know how to ask questions. I mean, honestly, it all goes back to empathy, right? Because if we hope to truly understand someone to feel for them, we must figure out a way to get to know them fully. I'm writing all this shit out and it just seems so damn simple. Why are people so (laughs) people-like? It's so fucked up. I've been with myself for as long as I have existed, and yet I'm just learning what it feels like to be loved by me. Isn't that wild? And that realization is confirmation that I need this time to become wildly and madly in love with myself so that I know what that feels like so that I am able to recognize what it looks like to, with great effort, love the whole of me. But honestly, it's not something that I'm in a rush to experience. I'm in this weird kumbaya state with myself where I love the love that I am able to give myself when I'm at my best, when I'm practicing good self-care and immersed in the healing environment that I need to be well. Truthfully, I've never been loved like this before. And it's perfectly okay if this is the best and most perfect love that I ever experienced. I hope you know that you are loved. Your feelings are valid. You are worth the effort. And you can trust yourself. You're more than enough. Love, Tariva. Ah, um, you know that weird but very human thing that people do where they like laugh when they really want to cry? <laughs> yep, that's me. Um, 
<laughs> you know, when I wrote this, um, it was very much like a, a stream of consciousness, sort of. And um, as I read this out loud, you know, there are certain thoughts and feelings and memories that just kind of, um, they grip you and they take a hold of you because the feelings are, and the memories are so, um, they're so on the surface, everything is so raw and it still feels like it's happening in real time, you know? And I thought this would be a really fucking light post. So I'm going to make this as brief as possible because I'm getting emotional. Um, but, you know, that is what this podcast is about, you know, celebrating the beauty in the mess of healing. And healing can be an ugly fucking disaster. Um, it really can be. And for a very long time, it has been for me. Um but I feel so empowered by talking about my experiences because when I talk about my experiences, I'm validating them for myself. And every time that I have a conversation with another woman in particular, um, I love seeing the like, the feeling of relief that happens when they tell their story. I mean, the stories are usually fucking awful, but the relief of having someone make space for you and um, to hear you and to see you and to comfort you, you know, it's big. And the reason why this podcast is so important for me is because I'm learning to do that for myself. I'm learning to make space for myself and to say, Treva, I hear you. And that was a fucking awful experience. You know, you deserved more. And I hope that we can all make that space for ourselves to acknowledge those disasters <laughs> that have happened in our lives so that we can make, you know, a beautiful collage out of them um, with all of these ugly, distorted images. And also, I really want to use this podcast to normalize this healing process, to normalize the shitty times because you know, I think a large part of why I was off of social media for a really long time. Um, and even when I was active on social media, you know, I definitely was falling into the trap of like just putting the glossy good things. I never put anything bad about what was happening in my life, you know. And because I didn't see many people doing that, I felt like my experiences were anomalies, you know, I felt like, um, I should just shut up and be grateful. Like, why am I trying to mess up everyone's vibe or, you know, everyone thinks that my life is great. So like, why would I, why would I like rock the boat, you know? And, you know, I've talked about this before with 
nothing that we do being truly, you know, a beloved, a benevolent action, but for whatever, whatever is causing this within me, whether it's past traumas or, you know, whatever, like, I just want everyone to be able to have a space where they know that they aren't alone. And I know that sounds really generic and cheesy and cliche and blah, blah, blah. But, um, if I would have known that so many of my friends were going through the same shit that I have gone through in my life, I think this is not to place blame on anyone because we all do the best that we can, you know, in the situations that we're in. But the community that I could have gained from that, the validation, um, the sense of belonging, the sense of, of, of sanity that I could have gained. I have spent so much time questioning my sanity. And that's a whole nother topic for another time. But that is something that is like very sensitive to me. When you have been in a situation for so long where what is real is twisted so often, you begin to really doubt yourself. And yeah, this is getting really deep. And I don't want it to get fucking deep um, because even though I'm transparent, I need my my time to block shit out too. So I'm going to actually end that there. I feel like this is going to be the strangest podcast that I will ever have. Um, but uh, I love you guys. <laughs> what a fucking weird way to end a podcast. Um, but no, you know, there are so many things that that we will discuss in this podcast. Ooh, and also, um, I am very much interested as I'm getting into, you know, really smoothing this out and production and things like that. I'm really interested and in the future having guests. So if you're interested in being a guest and, you know, being vulnerable and transparent, um, I would love to have you on. So shoot me an email. Um, you can go ahead and contact me at contact at lovetoreva.com. And um, yeah, I'd love to get in touch with you. But until next time, which is Thursday, come back on Thursday, y'all. Or you know what I'm going to say, whenever the fuck you want, because you don't need me or anyone else to tell you what the fuck to do. But again, you are so loved and so worthy of all of the good and beautiful things that this world has to offer. So go out and get that shit. Um, you guys, I hope that you have a fantastic day, week, weekend, whenever it is that you're listening to this. I hope it's great. You are amazing. Love, Teresa, mom.